Hello, hello, everybody. I am Pastor Richard Wesley Johnson. And I am Dr. Corey Little Edwards. And this is the Elusive Dream Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. And we are excited. Yes. Overjoyed. <laughs> you always got to put a little song in there. I got to put a little song in there. Why not? Why yes. not? Because we have some dates that we're going to share with you in just a moment. Yeah. But what we need all of our listeners to do is go to the website elusivedream.com. Co, C-O. There you will find the season one episodes of the Elusive Dream podcast, as well as season two. Plus, you'll also find the first season reflection guide that is how much, Dr. Corey? Free 99. Free 99, y'all. Yeah, come on. Now, this knowledge that we've, we've put into this reflection yeah. guide mm-hmm. costs something. It's but we're, we're offering it to y'all for free. For free, yeah. Why are, we, so, why are we offering it for free? Because we want people to be able to take advantage of it. We think it's really important and it ought to be accessible. That's right. We do think it's important that we all help each other find the freedom we need Amen. in Jesus' name. So go to elusivedream.co right now and you can find that reflection guide. And if I had a drum roll... I would be drum rolling because, Dr. Corey, you're going to tell us about some upcoming dates. That's right. That's right. So, you all, we have, we've already mentioned this in in the past, but we have uh, the Elusive Dream Workshop coming up. That is June 25th. 2022. That's going to be in Columbus, Ohio. It's a half day workshop. And in that workshop, uh, we are going to be really kind of delving more into season one and the material that we talked about uh, in season one. So hope that you will keep that in mind. Registration will be available uh, and open to you on elusivedream.co, our website, right? That's right. And also, I am super excited for the Elusive Dream Leaders Retreat, Pastor Rich. Yes, yes. Hand clap, drum roll, everybody. Yes, yes, right. That is June 27th through 29th, also in the Columbus metro area. Uh, More information will be available to you on the website as well, and also registration. But one thing I really want to communicate is that this is something that's pretty near and dear to my heart and to your heart too, Pastor Rich, as we are really going to be spending that time to really care for and provide space of safety for people who minister to people of color. These are pastors, clergy, clergy, mm-hmm. denominational leaders, and so on. So if you fit those categories, uh, keep in, keep that in mind, uh, this Elusive Dream Leaders Retreat. Right. And if you're listening to this podcast and you know of a leader, we would urge you to please send them this information. Yes. Please, uh, particularly leaders who are uh, leading organizations, communities, denominations that are uh, focusing on people of color. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is where I fit in myself personally as a pastor of a multiracial church. And so while Dr. Corey, you and I get to facilitate this retreat, I'm also hoping to be ministered to as well during Amen. this time. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So we're, so we're pretty excited about that. It's something, as I said, has been on my heart for, for a while and glad to be doing it. You yeah. Know, now we're kind of easing out of, out of COVID. So yeah. Good. So good to be back in person and having these kinds of gatherings. So well, who do we have? Who do we have this week? Oh, Pastor well, Rich? listen, listen, season two of the elusive dream podcast is all about your book, Dr. Corey. Your latest book. The latest book. Yes. Smart Smart Suits, 
Tattered boots. Smart suits and tattered boots. Pastor Rich, how your boots doing? My, my, <laughs> I have, on, I have well? on some Nikes right now. <laughs> so uh, these Nikes are doing well. There you go. They're there doing you go. well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And as we discuss uh, parts of your book, because we're not discussing all the content of yeah, your book, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are we are connecting with local leaders here in Columbus, Ohio, who actually personify many of the individuals that you uh, you highlight in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had an opportunity to speak to Pastor Taylor Gray and talk yes. about him. That was a really great conversation. Great conversation and with my homeboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. He yeah. is our homeboy, right? He is our homeboy. And uh, who do we have with us this week? Well, Dr. Corey, just as a reminder, season two is all about your latest book, Smart Suits, Tattered Boots, How Black Clergy Mobilize the Black Community for Change. I probably got that second part wrong. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but you get what it's all about. I get what about. you're trying to say. Smart yes. suits, tattered boots. Right. And How are your boots, by the way? Are they? Oh, my my Nike Cortez or something. They 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 feeling good right now. No boots today. No boots today. They look good. Feel they, good. But they look good. Nike's. And they all feel right. good. Yes, all right ma'am. Now. Yes, ma'am. And this episode today is with Pastor Michael Young. Mm. Now, Pastor Michael Young is uh, on the younger side. He's he's not. Uh, I think he's no in his, pun intended. No pun intended. Well, maybe there was. Maybe there was. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Michael Young. He got saved at Akron University, mm. and twenty two years later is serving in ministry with the man who led him to Christ. I just wow. thought that was remarkable. That is something I really remembered from our interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The focus of his church, City of Grace, here in Columbus, Ohio is on maturing saints. And so he's mm. his desire is to see uh, Christians become more like Jesus. Amen. Now, he, he kind of stumbled his way into community organizing, and he developed some relationships with civic leaders, uh, both at the local and uh, at the state level. So wow. he's been he's been kind of involved. And it's particularly his profile that I thought was interesting for us to talk about today. Because in your book, you talk about different leaders yeah. and how they are mobilizing the black community. Mm-hmm. And Michael mm-hmm. Young is an example of one of those kinds of leaders. And what we're going to hear in this first clip is where Pastor Michael Young talks to us about how he got involved in this community organizing by facilitating a conversation between law enforcement and the community. Awesome. Let's, let's take a listen. I heard Bishop Jake say this one time, and man, I think it's very, very true for me. He said some of the best things that I've ever done, I did by accident. It was really God <laughs> just kind of, God just kind of like, pushed you into positions and places that you never really expected uh-huh. to be. Um, so the first conversation that was held in our ministry, um, I really just created the space. I, I really wasn't the one who initiated the conversation. Um, the conversation mm-hmm. included the FOP and the community was invited. And then there was a politician who was here. Uh, it really was not well attended at all. Um, I didn't really push it because I really was still trying to get my mind and kind of heart around, like, was this really a worthy conversation to be having in the church? Um, Mm -hmm. But one of the things I did not like about that conversation is, is all parties were not present. So you had the FOP and you had a politician 
who, you know, kept pushing blame on the absent parties. So uh, uh, the first one that we did that probably had any sort of notoriety, we brought in, um, we brought in, uh, our mayor was here, city council members, we had judges, we had probably 50 police officers, we probably had 40 pastors, um, and then we had just people from the community. And it was really a conversation to where now all parties could be present and mm. you couldn't just dismiss what people perceived to be something that you weren't doing correctly by, by blaming it on somebody else who wasn't present. Now everyone's right. in the room and now the people of the community have the opportunity to ask questions firsthand. Um, and man, it just was a tremendous organic uh, opportunity. You know, you got civil rights attorneys who were present and on our panel. You have uh, you have the director of safety who was who, who was here. But I'll tell you this, and I and I say this, um, man, unapologetically, uh, the FOP backed out at the last minute, and mm. I. In private, and I say it publicly. Um, to me, it was very, very. It was a very weak move uh, in this sense. Yeah. You had no problem uh, talking to an audience when you were unchallenged. Now right. you have the alternative perspective that was present, and you back out. And literally, it was thirty minutes before this. I mean, literally, we got all the news stations were here. You you know, we got hundreds of people. You have police, politicians, pastors, and the people, and they backed out 30 minutes before. Um, yeah. So it was all educational for me, too. It just was giving me greater insight into um, people's stances, per perspectives, what appeared to be genuine and authentic, and what appeared to be just posturing and politicking. Um, and mm. that particular event uh, really kind of catapulted us into further conversations, further meetings, further town hall experiences, uh, and some and some larger things that occurred after that as well. But it it really all started as an accident. Somebody asked, could they use the church um, to facilitate this conversation? And mm. I didn't like how their conversation went. And I said, you know what? I think I think with the Lord's help, we could do this better. Dr. Corey, it was it was Pastor Michael Young's quote of T.D. Jakes that uh, was the first thing that caught my attention. Mm. He said, some of the best things I've done, I've done by accident. And mm. and there's some historians who've suggested that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King didn't necessarily volunteer to be the leader of the civil rights movement mm. either. His desire was to pastor a congregation, shepherd the people towards the heart of Jesus. But it was the Montgomery bus boycott in December of 1955 that it was regarded that his leadership really took center stage. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. now, Dr. Corey, what history books have left out of this story is that the Montgomery bus boycott was started by the women's political council. Mm, mm, it was mm. a group of black women working for civil rights who began circulating flyers and calling for a boycott of the bus system the same day that Rosa Parks chose to not get out of her seat. Come on now. Come on now. Black women showing up. Black women we do. showing up again and again. And not needing to be in front of cameras. Wow. Doing doing the work. Say keep, some more about keep that. Keep doing the work. Well, I mean, you know, it's just your, a commitment for, for justice. 
and putting ourselves on the line. And we see that consistently and not not necessarily having to be the one that gets all the kudos, but continuing to show up. But we see that throughout. Right. Throughout history, right? You're talking about the Women's Political Council, but we've talked about other women as well. I'd mentioned them in the book who have done this, and we've seen it over and over again. So uh, yet again, right? we see this. Yet again. It, it causes, it ought to cause us to look deeper when we see movements mm-hmm. about what really was the catalyst That's to right. get this movement going. That's right. Who That's were the right. voices? Who were the people that we don't see on camera, mm-hmm. that we don't read in the news, you know, outlets. Yeah. Because yeah. those are the folks who are often not mentioned, but are paying a, a great cost as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, another, one of the things that really stood out to me uh, in Michael Young's conversation with you in that clip uh, is in some ways re- related to what he, when he was talking about um, Bishop Jakes, is that the person, um, person in my book that we call Brian McCormick, uh, he too ended up leading uh, a local uh, movement uh, as it relates to you know uh, violence against black people, and he did that because people were moving him to do that. He tells this mm. story uh, with me about how he was just in church and he was just known as somebody that was you know around and available and active in the community as a pastor. And mm. when something went down, the people in the community came looking for him. And next thing he knew, he was just sort of following along in this uh, group of people that were really upset about what had happened in the city. And then they were they encouraged him to get up and start speaking. Mm. And so he had to he felt like he had to go ahead and fill that role. And from then on, he became a key leader in this local movement. And so, you know, sometimes the moment chooses you. That's right. Right. Sometimes you, uh, and this is a word about being available mm-hmm. and being ready mm-hmm. uh, when that moment comes and chooses you. And so Brian McCormick was ready. Uh, mm. And then when the moment chose, chose him and then Michael Young is talking about, you know, Hey, I just kind of fell into this in right. some ways. And then I'm in, I end up being engaged in what's going on here in our local community. Right. And in the, in the first conversation, they really were just looking for a, uh, a church to host the conversation, the law enforcement. Yeah. And he learned something from that experience. Mm, something important. Something didn't very, important, very important that there wasn't enough representation from the community. Mm-hmm. And so that led him to start a second conversation or host a second conversation. But wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? What happened? Not on the day of the conversation, the fraternal order of police pull out. 30 minutes before. 30 minutes before. And so that says a lot to me about controlling the narrative mm-hmm. and who's going to control the narrative. This is, a, you know, again, all of these issues that we're talking about are, 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 are organized around power dynamics. Right. And, and so when you don't have control of the voice and the narrative, then what are you going to do? And that, there's mm. a, that's a broader uh, story as well that we have to address, particularly when we talk about white supremacy or racism in the United States more broadly, mm-hmm. that if it's if you're not the one that's at the center, which is when we talk about whiteness and white supremacy, if you're not at, its, at the center, then do you bolt, mm. right? Or are you going to stay, mm-hmm. right? When it's not your voice, that's the one that's getting amplified. Right. Are you going to stay or are you going to go? And so this is a, this is an example of power dynamics, but ones that really have implications because we're talking about people who have who have considerable power right. in the city, right? Uh, and so it's unf- and so to not show up 
to hear the voices of the people. Um, I mean, that's disappointing to say the least. It really is disappointing. And, and pastor Michael really was trying to gather a community wide conversation. I I believe his, his desire was to try to heal a wound uh, that was there and trying to heal it with conversation. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes that doesn't work. Well, yeah. Yeah. And conversation only works if people are really going to be honest and truthful and they're going to show up, first of all. Truthful and be present. (laughs) You guys, if you're not present, present. how are we going to talk about what's wrong if you're not going to show up? Yeah. Yeah. And so, right. So that's why, you know, when you see movements, um, particularly, you know, ones that are sustained over time, you know, you you can have a conversation, but Mm. really, you know, it's activism that begins to really Mm. move the scale. right? Mm. And so putting putting pressure on structures to change. And right. so until that happens, um, it's unlikely to see those structures change. Highly right. unlikely. Right. I thought it was really interesting as well that, you know, Pastor Michael Young talked about the, the importance of the presence of media being there, right, that mm-hmm. brought in that. And so that's, again, that's something that um, uh, a, a sort of a process or a, or a um, tactic that, you saw back and we saw back in the civil rights movement, right? right. Where it was really, you know, important to have the media present. Right. And so you, you, and the media is, was used quite in a critical way, right? Mm -hmm. In the civil rights movement, particularly at that time, that was really important because, um, we were coming out of, this was like after world war two, the United States is, you know, emerging as a major super global power and one that stands Mm -hmm. for freedom and Mm -hmm. justice. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that, you know, this is not the end. They didn't, the U S doesn't want to portray portray an image of itself as not being that. And so the civil rights movement and the civil rights movement leaders were really um, strategic in using the media Mm-hmm. To but leveraging it in such a way that was putting pressure on the U.S. right, right to act right because it was it was calling out the hypocrisy. So it could be used in ways to call out the hypocrisy, and that's where you want to be careful about how the media is used. Is it being used to show that you're doing something, that you're simply doing something, or is it used in such a way that's strategic? Uh, and right. so the presence of the media and how the presence presence of the media is important um, as well. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm feeling so many emotions as okay. I hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. And one of the emotions I'm feeling is skepticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cynicism even about the the media yeah. telling the story correctly. Yeah. And promoting the story accurately. That's so yeah. They, they come in and they show up, the media's here, but then they, they give the two minute clip that they want to highlight. That's right. And That's they, right. they they then have an influence on who the community ought to be receiving and mm-hmm. who the community ought to reject. That's right. That's and right. And so I'm just while even I hear about that, I'm just I'm just kinda torn up about how to relate to the media. I mean and I think you're that's a real um, important and valid response to that, particularly today, right? Because, I mean, when I was talking about the civil rights movement, we're talking about back in the, the 50s, right? right. 50s Pre-Twitter. 60s. Pre-Twitter, <laughs> right? Well, before. And now news today is different. It is. Right? These new, right. And we have, not only do we have our network news, we have cable news and the ways, that we wait, mm. the, the role of the, of the media and the press has changed. Mm. And so the ways in which mobilizers engage the media has to change, right? right. And that's one of the things that, 
When I talk about mobilization in the 21st century, you have to rethink how the media is engaged Mm -hmm. and what is the role of the media and what it's going to do. But one of the main things it did during the civil rights movement is they leveraged the media because they could at that time to put pressure on the U.S. government and the state uh, to expose the hypocrisy. That's right. Uh, Is that how it's being used today? That I'm not so sure of. Well, one of the things that Pastor Michael found was that when the media did show up, it started to uh, open some doors and some opportunities for him. Mm, okay. Uh, he started to get invited to some conversations mm-hmm. uh, with civic leaders, you know, with movers and shakers, if, if you will. Yeah. Okay. And so in this next clip, we're going to hear a little bit about Pastor Michael Young being in the room. If you, if you respect me, I'm, I'm coming as a voice for them. And, and these are some things that I don't think you all are aware of or privy to, or you're not emphasizing enough. Um, and then on the flip side, there, there are um, some major strides and there are some things that aren't just symbols, but they're actually uh, systematic things that have been changed by some of our elected officials that mm-hmm. sometimes I don't think they get credit for. You know what, Pastor Rich, I really appreciate that point that uh, Pastor Michael Young brought up about the importance of providing access, right? Mm. You know, in, it's important for people to be able to bridge disparate networks we talk about in sociology, where you have okay. some networks of people that aren't connected to other networks of people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's... They aren't communicating with one another. Information isn't going back and forth. But what Pastor Michael Young is able to do and what he communicates and he's been able to do is to act as a voice, so to speak, between these two despair communities where he's talking about the politicians and he's talking about the the community. And I presume he was talking about the African-American community or people in the neighborhood that's right. where his church is located. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, and that's a role and that is that's a role, clearly right? a role mm-hmm. that is needed. That is needed. Right. Because okay. until you have some types of, some type of connection made between different groups, then you don't really know what people need or what, mm-hmm. what, what, where they're going and, or what their ideas are. So that is helpful. That is, uh, that is a uh, role that can be filled by leaders in our community. Um, but there's also other kinds of, ways to approach this as well. And I think a real important part of this is what is the goal of the leader? Mm -hmm. What do they want to do? What are they aiming to do? Uh, What do they, what role do they want to play? Uh, And so in some ways, you know, as I already mentioned in the book as well, Pastor Rich, you know, pastors have a lot on their plate. So um, doing more than Providing, you know, an opportunity for different groups to speak to one another is mm-hmm. that can be a lot depending on the pastor and what they're already doing with their church. Um, what might be one of the challenges of someone uh, serving the role as a mediator? Well, one of the challenges is that you are in some ways putting yourself in a position to be neutral, mm. uh, particularly if you want to um gain maintain that access between those two networks uh that's one of the one of the challenges that might arise Mm -hmm. uh because one thing that can come up 
is that if you're beginning to challenge one of those groups and they don't like how you're challenging them, they can at some point cut you off. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about uh, somebody that was uh, also Brian McCormick already talked about in our episode today. Uh, he was very actively challenging and leading a movement against not only the businesses in that city, but also in many ways because business and local government are interconnected. The business, right. local government had to get engaged and, over time, as he became more and more connected, vocal, vocal more mm. vocal, and then in conversation with the political leadership, mm-hmm. um, over time, they no longer were engaged or wanting to engage him, right? And mm. I talk about in the book that they ultimately cut off connections with him. Wow. And so that's the risk, Right. So, you know, so you want to be you want to be able to it ha- it's an important role, though, to maintain that conduit of information flowing. That, and so that is a role that that some leaders can can play. And in fact, it is an important role. We call this in sociology brokers. Mm. Brokers matter okay. in social networks. So mm-hmm. you do need mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also other kinds of roles that are important as well and other kinds of models that are important, too. And I, I think about. Yeah, what's another model? Model. Well, one of them that I'm thinking about, I don't know if you've heard about this, Pastor Rich, okay. about uh, these young black men who just organized and developed a union, the first labor union with Amazon. Oh, I only heard briefly about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, what I've, else I've, well, did you find out? Well, what, these are two young men, uh, Christian Smalls and Derek Palmer, okay. who worked at a warehouse in New York. Mm-hmm. And they ultimately mobilized 8,300 workers, I believe, uh, to develop a union. And they did it in really innovative ways, from what I understand, right? Wow. They used TikTok videos. They uh, had food set up that would be, you know, outside of the warehouse for people to uh, come and check out, you know, that immigrants, they were pulling immigrants in as mm. well. They were working mm. there. So they were really creating, from what I understand, a very inclusive um, environment and a, sort of a community in, in a way that would come together to stand for workers' rights at Amazon. And, that's and they were huge. using the resources that were just available to them. That was available so, to them. They're not even they're not even connected to another union. Right. Right? I mean, right. they had like what, like a hundred thousand dollars and a hundred and twenty thousand dollars they raised on a GoFundMe page. That's right. That's right. A hundred <laughs> on a GoFundMe page. And they're like were able to do this uh, against a multi billion dollar company that actually was um, doing what they could to resist unionizing. Wow. Right. And so, you know, these are, this is a different model and a different way of really uh, challenging certain structures of inequality and particularly ones that put people of color um, at a significant disadvantage. So Christian Smalls plays another kind of role here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what sticks out to me about his story is that he was an individual who was directly impacted by the injustice. You know what? Ain't that a word right there? So he's not a he's not a mediator. No, you know, yeah, that's he's right. one of the community. That's right. That's yeah, right. So role. he's one of the community, mm-hmm. and uh, and so not only he understood what it meant to be mm-hmm. in that position, he understood mm-hmm. what the structures were. He could he understood what it felt like. He he experienced the exact consequences. Uh, the direct consequences of when that oppression was taking place. And so 
yes, he would be able to lead in a different way and fill a different type of leadership role. And I even understand that he used to be a hip-hop artist, so, you know, hey. <laughs> thinking about Pastor Taylor and hip-hop, right? So what's right. the role of hip-hop in that hip-hop culture? Mm-hmm. And that um, plays a role in mobilization, or at least how people think about think about it. So, yes. How are, how are, how are these different roles to think about working together? Mm, yeah, yeah. I think you do need to have both of these, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, I can't help but think about you know, um, on the one hand, you have, you know, Malcolm X, right, mm-hmm. who's really, who has one particular framework of uh, speaking out against uh, white white supremacy, right? right. And then you have uh, the civil rights movement made up of multiple organizations, not only the SCLC, but SNCC and CORE and so on, that are um, acting in different ways, right? So, you know, movements can have multiple actors doing different things and playing yes. different roles. Yes. And um, the real issue is just being clear about what your role is mm. and what your goal is. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're clear about your goal and your role, then you can play that well. Uh, I think what can be at risk is when you're not clear about your goal right. and you're not clear about your role, uh, and then that can come with unintended consequences. That's good. It reminds me of a quote from Howard Thurman. Uh, There is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. Mm. In other words, you've got to know your role and you've got to know your skill and your ability to serve well in that role. That's right. That's right. And and that's and and, and to be um be okay with that. That's right. Right? Uh, sometimes right. we want to be, be someone else. Be someone else. Mm. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. Come to the table fully as you are. I mean, Come that's who that's who Christ wants us to be. Right? To use the gifts that God has given us, to use the skills that God has given us, to use the resources that God has given us. And do those well and then allow God to do the rest. That's right. Right? So I think, you know, you know, really grateful for people like Pastor Michael Young, who is, in a sense, working as a broker. Those are important in social in social structures to bring different groups together. Uh, and then I'm very grateful for people like Brian McCormick, who mobilized against and stood against, you know, structures of power in his city. I'm grateful for Christian Smalls and Derek Palmer, you know, who said, no, we're going to organize and we're going to do what we can with what we have. And look, that's almost like a David and Goliath story right there. It truly is. It truly is. You know? Well, in this last clip, uh, we're going to hear from Pastor Michael Young uh, talk about uh, the measuring of of progress, uh, particularly since some of the protests that took place here in Columbus, Ohio. You look at the fact that uh, we have a new uh, safety director. We have a new chief of police. We have a new assistant right. chief of police. Um, there are some historical measures. The, the the FOP contract, the Fraternal Order of Police contract. I mean, essentially what it is, is it is a union. That, that union contract That's is nice. what actually protected police in these incidents of violence and things of that nature. One of the things that the previous safety director uh, quoted, it was a stat, I never for, forgot it. He said, 
70% of the disciplinary action that superior officers give or want to hand out to, to their officers, 70% is overturned because of the FOP contract. So like the real target um, as a result of protests and things of that nature, it was really that FOP contract because with yes. that contract protecting them, um, really in many of these instances, it could be it could be pretty clear that it was wrong in our eyes, but they were protected by this shield. So there was significant progress that was made in that FOP contract as a result of a lot of the momentum and pressure as well. So to yeah. me, there's been a lot of positive progress, um, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's time for us to pat uh, anyone on the back. I think it's time for us to continue to push for more progress and uh, yeah. continue to try to bring change. Dr. Corey, along with Pastor Michael, I celebrate the progress that came from the multiple protests that happened in the summer of 2020 after the murder of George Floyd. Amen. 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 And we are talking about some systemic and some structural change. We're talking about a diversity of faces who are representative of our community mm -hmm. and in those rooms where decisions are made. Yeah, yeah. And Pastor Michael and his associate pastor organized one of those marches of, of black men, mm -hmm. and there were about a thousand participants that mm -hmm. uh, marched right downtown. Mm -hmm. And then the following week, there was a demonstration of uh, black women yeah. who were uh, organized to protest, and it had 3,000 participants. <laughs> oh, no, so right. the women Just really showed, showed up, up and showed out once show again. Showed Come out. on now. Yes. And it was that collective pressure of protests that took place over the summer yeah. that brought about this progress. That's right. That's it's right. not just one domino. It is multiple dominoes mm. that lead to the fall and collapse of the system. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, <laughs> well, I'm not saying collapse. Uh, yeah, well, it hasn't quite collapsed yet, yeah, for sure, right? We're not we, that. Yeah, we ain't nowhere near that. But your point is well taken, and and that of Pastor uh, Michael Young is that change that occur, mm -hmm. and it occurred as a result of multiple groups uh, being actively engaged in mobilization over a concentrated period of time. Now, what's important is that that took a ton of energy and resources, right? A ton of energy and resources for some change. Mm -hmm. And yet there still needs to be a lot more change to come. That's right. A lot more change to come. That's right. We are not done on this journey. That's right. Right. That's we right. have not by any means reached the dream. We have not arrived well, that concludes um, this episode of the Elusive Dream podcast and our conversation with Pastor Michael Young. Dr. Corey, thank you. Thank you for all of this wonderful insight. <laughs> You're welcome. Again, I have told people, and I've actually sent this book out to some other pastors, other clergy, and said, y'all, this is the resource we need. This is the the guide that we need, because I think it's helping to provide clarity mm. as individuals are trying to figure out what their role is. How do I mm. respond to with whom do I engage and how yeah. do I engage with those uh, different parties? Yeah. Well, so thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you again. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you, Pastor Rich. Hey, you're welcome. I <laughs> appreciate the affirmation. Uh, you know, I, I give it to you freely. Mm. <laughs> free 99. Free 99. <laughs> Speaking of free 99, <laughs> like we said before, please go to the elusive uh, dream.co. That's our website where you can listen to episodes from season one as well as our current season and find resources for helping you. Uh, further your vision value of the dream. Amen. But not only that, we've got information there about the upcoming workshop and the leaders retreat. That's right. That's right. So That's thank right. you all for joining. Yeah, we appreciate so, y'all listening today. So Pastor Rich, how do we want to leave our listeners? The same way we leave them each time that the dream may be elusive, but it is attainable. That's right. Bye, y'all. Bye.